0: Shall we begin? And here we go. Let the games begin. All right, all right, all right. A new age has begun. An age of freedom. This is Sparta! Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? You had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. This is the choppers! This is going to be quite a ride. <laughs> And hello, everybody. Welcome to the Movie Pit Podcast. I am your host, Christian. Uh, this week's podcast is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I'm actually recording this at my job. Um, don't worry, I'm a substitute teacher, uh, so I have a lot of free time. And um, I wanted to do the podcast this week because, obviously, I didn't do one uh, at the end of last week, and I didn't want to leave you guys without a podcast. And I figured out of out of all the days I can do um a podcast uh, of all the weeks I can do a podcast, uh a makeup podcast, especially of that. Uh this week's the perfect one. Uh obviously the Oscars were last week or last <laughs> last night I should say. Uh hopefully I will be uploading this uh Monday night. So the Oscars were last night. If not they were a couple nights ago. But um I figured I'd do a uh an Oscar Uh, rundown, give my thoughts on the Oscars, and also do a uh, review of Birds of Prey, which is uh, in the news for a multitude of reasons. Uh, One of them, of course, being that it underperformed at the box office this weekend, so there is that. Uh, So this podcast is going to be a little different, obviously, from other podcasts. Um, Volume-wise, I'm not trying to raise my voice too much because, you know, obviously there's classes going on and stuff like that, so um, Bear with me this week. Uh, I will find a better way to do these podcasts uh, in the future. So uh, it's not going to be the typical normal podcast with a lot of, you know, clips and stuff like that. So I'm just going to try to release this as is. Uh, so again, bear with me with uh, long pauses and a lot more ums and uhs that you're that you're. Uh, accustomed to so uh, and also the background noise Uh, the room is really close to a busy street so if you end up hearing cars and stuff and trucks it's because of that all right uh let's get to the podcast uh let's get to the oscar winners last night uh like i mentioned didn't do a podcast last week so you guys didn't really hear my oscar count but i did put them up uh pretty much on my social media accounts my nominee my picks anyway of the nominees uh, and the nominees that I picked, in case anyone was wondering, I was 14 for five, which isn't bad because four of the five uh, that I got wrong were surprises, and there was some pretty big surprises at the Oscars. Uh, so I'm just gonna run down the winners and the way they were announced at the show. So I'm, you know, I'm not gonna try to break it down too much, um, but I'm gonna give all the winners uh, their validation. So sporting actor went to Brad Pitt. Uh, This was Pitt's first acting Oscar. The other Oscar he has is for producing 12 Years a Slave. Uh, That was, of course, uh, about about a handful of years ago now. Uh, Animated feature went to Toy Story 4. Uh, The the win, I should say not the nomination, the win got Pixar's 10th Oscar. Uh, Toy Story 3 did also win the award back in 2011. Uh, So good for them. Uh, Animated short film went to Hair Love, which was... um, a uh, an animated short about uh, a uh, it was it's around about a black family mm-hmm. a black uh, father and daughter as he tries to do her hair for the first time. Uh, it also has a Chicago connection, which is really nice. One of the guy, one of the animators or directors, I forgot. Uh, I think his director uh, is here from the Chicagoland area, so that's really cool. Uh, original screenplay went to Bong Joon Ho and Jin Won Han for Parasites. Uh, that was kind of the beginning of everyone assuming that Parasite was going to really win big uh, over the night because 1917 was uh, the favorite and there was a lot of buzz about there you know there was also the buzz that maybe Quentin Tarantino's gonna pull out the win again um, but that didn't turn out to be the case Uh, animated screenplay went to Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit Uh, I think a lot of people I don't know if a lot of people were surprised I don't think that was one of the categories that I had the most trouble picking I actually ended up picking uh, Gerda Gerwig for Little Women, I thought that maybe uh, Little Women wasn't really nominated too much, and I thought maybe that would be the only real uh, Oscar win for it, but that was not the case Uh, Watiti picked it up Watiti was also the first um, I forgot to put it down in my notes, but he was the first person of, I think, his descent, um, or his nationality, something like that, along the lines of that, to win the Oscar so, good for him Uh, Short film live action went to The Neighbor's Window. Uh, Production design went to Barbara Ling and Nancy Haig for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Costume design went to Jacqueline Duran for Little Women. That was Little Women's only win of the night. Uh, Documentary feature film went to American Factory, which was produced by the Obamas. Documentary short short subject... Short subject went to uh, learn to skateboard in a war zone if you're a girl, supporting actress went to Laura Dern. Now this was Dern's first win and her first Oscar. Uh, it was also the first um, the first Oscar the first acting Oscar for Netflix at the same time. So, good for them. Uh, Sound editing went to Donald Sylvester for Ford v Ferrari. Uh, Sound mixing went to Mark Taylor and Stuart Wilson for 1917. Cinematography went to Roger Deakins for 1917. Film editing went to Michael McCuster and Andrew Buckland for Ford v Ferrari. Uh, Visual effects went to i'm gonna butcher his name uh and this is the part where editing bites me in the ass uh guillermo roshan that's probably not how you say uh greg butler and dominic tui for 1917 uh makeup and hairstyling went to kazuhiro and morgan and vivian baker for bombshell that was also bombshell's only win of the night international film uh went to parasite which was really no surprise uh original score went to hildor uh i'm gonna butcher her last name too uh Golden daughter, I think I don't know. That's how you pronounce it, maybe. Maybe that's how you pronounce it. Who knows? Uh, but she won for her score of Joker. Uh, she is the fourth woman, uh, fourth woman, to win the Best Original Score Oscar, uh, and the first since 1997. And that uh, that win went to Anne Dudley for the full Monty. Before her, it went to Rachel Portman, who won in 1996. For Emma, and before that, it went. we had to go way back uh, to 1983 when Marilyn Bergman won with her husband Alan Bergman and Michael Lynn Grand for Song Score, uh, which unfortunately is a category that no longer exists in the Oscars. Uh, original song went to Elton John and Bernie Talpin for If I'm Gonna Love Me Again, or I'm Gonna Love Me Again, I should say. Uh, it, that was in, uh, of course, the movie Rockin' Man, that was about Elton John. Uh, this was elton john's first oscar or this is the second oscar i should say uh bernie uh talpin this is his first oscar so there's that uh best director went to bong joon ho for parasite which pretty much was the nail in the coffin for 1917 not getting any uh not getting the best picture award in a lot of eyes um and also a very surprising win for bong joon ho so good for him uh best actor went to Joaquin phoenix for joker which was you know scene coming a mile away. Best actors went to Renee Zellweger for Judy and Best Picture, of course, went to the big one in Parasite. Which surprised a lot of people. You know, 1917, I think, was the big uh, was kind of the, the, the very uh, big favorite to win Uh, for a while and i kind of went with the field a little bit because you know they were winning up all the guild awards and they're winning pretty much everything else and parasite did end up winning uh the sag award at one point but uh, i think a lot of people were assuming that 1917 was gonna was gonna still win uh some stats from the nights, besides the little ones that i was giving out parasite had um or Parasite became the first foreign language film to win the big award of the night. Uh, it also won four of the six awards it was up for, so good for them. And if you're wondering what the other foreign language films, uh, there have been other foreign language films uh, nominated for uh, Best Oscar, or Best Picture, I should say. Uh, they were in the order that I'm going to read them off in, in the order that um, year by year, uh, Grand Illusion, which was a French film from 1938, Z, which was also a French film from 1969, The Immigrants, which uh, which was nominated in 1972 from Sweden, and, uh, Cries and Whispers, I should say, Cries and Whispers from Sweden in 1973, there was a very big little pattern here, uh, especially early on. Uh, the Postman from Italy in 1995, Life is Beautiful, also from Italy in 1998, uh, and then it took a little bit, took took a couple of years off, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon uh, from 2000, and that was from, that was a Chinese production, uh, Letters from Iwo Jima, which was a U.S. production, but it was mostly in, uh, all of it was in uh, spoken in Japanese, uh, that was nominated in two thousand six. Babel, uh, or uh, yeah, Babel from uh, from Mexico, and there was also that was also a little bit of a French production, uh, was in two thousand six as well. Uh, Amour from Austria, that was also a German and, and French uh, production, that was nominated in two thousand twelve. And then you had to go back uh, just a couple of years for Roma, which was the last foreign film before Parasite that was nominated for Best Picture and that was nominated back in 2018. So there you go. Uh, 1917, like we mentioned, seemed like the, on, uh, like I mentioned earlier, seemed to be the favorite going in uh, before Parasite started nabbing up all the awards, only won three awards that was nominated for. Joker, which had the most nominations of the night, only ended up winning two awards and probably the two awards that the film rightfully deserves. Uh, Irishman, which was nominated for 10 awards, was completely shut out. Uh, no awards given to the Irishman whatsoever. Uh, not you know, not saying that it's you know a negative on the Irishman. You know, we can go on and say that it was nominated for the Oscars, which is great. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, Marriage Story, and Little Women, like I mentioned earlier, and uh, earlier a little bit earlier. Uh, all walked away with one nom- uh, one award uh each of them were nominated for six nominations and they only walked away with one so good for them uh and very early favorites uh uh of the oscars once upon a time in hollywood walked out with only two awards which again was uh was pitt and uh was production design i think it was production design i could just easily scroll this again or editing very helps, uh, yes, production is up. all right? So, let's move on to uh, some other thoughts of the night. Uh, Janelle Monet's opening number was pretty cool. Uh, I thought it was interesting, they kind of went with that. Um, the one thing that I do that I did find, uh, and a lot of people found, um, somewhat disrespectful, uh, despite doing that big number was the the some a lot of the dancers were dressed up for movies that were not nominated, like Queen and Slim, uh, and especially the horror genre, like Us and Midsommar. Um, a lot of people in the horror community were up in arms about that. You know, you talk, you know, you you always say you want to include, you know, all the movies that you can, and then horror kind of gets thrown to the wayside a little bit. Uh, not a little bit, a lot, really. Um, so, you know, not even for, like, you know, the technical awards or anything like that. They weren't nominated for that, which was a real shame, especially Midsommar. But um, there you go. What have take that as you will. Uh, the other big thing that that I kind of stumbled upon that I didn't even realize it until someone kind of bought it up, and then I had to go and look for it. Uh, Shia LaBeouf was getting bashed a bit online because he was supposedly looking annoyed or was rushing his co-presenter and co-star in the Peter Butter Falcon, um, Zach Gottesman, or Zach Gottsagen. Uh Now Gottsagen does have Down syndrome. Uh, he's the first, and apparently he was also the first person to present an Oscar with Down syndrome. Uh, and in the movie, The Peter Butter Falcon, uh, of course he, he plays he has plays a character who has Down syndrome because he does. Um, there was a good chance, and I said this, and I mentioned this on my social media. There was a good chance. That the Oscars was probably the first time that Gott Sagan was in front of, and I'm, if I'm mispronouncing his name, I'm sorry, but uh, there was a good chance that that was his first time in front of that many people uh, and of that many big names. And I think you can kind of clearly tell that he was a little nervous. He was probably, he was, you know, he didn't really know kind of what to do. He was, you know, there, and it, for Shia, to you know you can kind of hear him like he wasn't he was close enough to the mic where you can you know hear him say you know hey you know speed it up or hurry up or not not, i don't don't know exact words but he was encouraging him to uh there's a sound that i mentioned earlier very busy street next to me let that pass there it goes um (laughs) so uh you can kind of tell the child was kind of encouraging to you know get get everything moving along um but you can also clearly tell that he was just trying to help him out, and I think you know Shia kind of knew that probably Zach was nervous, uh, that he ha- that he wasn't that he has he you know this isn't something that he's used to. Peter Butter Falcon is his first movie, um, it's his first exposure to kind of the the, the bigger world of, of filmmaking and stuff like that. So I think Shia was just trying to do the right thing and making him you know try to do his best and encouraging him i don't think he was annoyed i don't i I think maybe he was trying to rush him a little bit but i think only because shia was trying to keep the show going he wasn't doing it because he was annoyed or because he didn't like being next to zack if you even did a little bit of research you would know that shia became shia and and zack became very close filming the peter brother falcon and even afterwards they were very close friends, and I don't think Shia, you know, was trying to be you know a dick or anything, or he was trying to be you know mean or anything, or trying to rush him, or was annoyed by him. I think he knew that Zach was nervous, and he was trying to encourage his friend to keep it going. So, I, I don't, you know, Shia has done a lot of things questionable things in the past, but I don't think this was one of them. I, I think that he was honestly just trying to be a good friend to Zach, who, again, looked very clearly nervous and probably didn't know really what to do. Um, And he kind of just froze up, and Shia was, and it's a good thing that Shia was there just to, you know, kind of boost him along. So there was that. Um, Probably the biggest, I'm not going to say if, you know, I'm not going to even say probably, it was the biggest what-the-hell moment of the Oscars uh, was Eminem. Uh, he performed lose yourself of course from the movie eight mile and just the genuine reaction the general reaction uh online and from the people it's sitting there were just were all shocked and surprised and didn't know what to say or do and it was just it was just very very funny you know they had like Adina Menzel and Billy Eilish was there because she we'll talk about Billy Eilish in a minute uh but there was just a bunch of you know a bunch, just a bunch of reactions like okay and then there's just people just awkwardly nodding their head probably just trying to go along with it um so this is something that i had forgot about and it's it, it was still a little weird for it to happen now lose yourself was nominated and did win an oscar for best original song back in 2003 and eminem didn't make it to the show he they didn't sing at the show because obviously they always sing the song so uh he didn't make it to the show they didn't sing the sh- they didn't sing it and 18 years later apparently someone at the academy was like hey do you want to you know sing lose yourself at the oscars and he said yes uh so kudos to him for you know finally making making it to the oscars and performing the song it just kind of came out of left field. We didn't really know what was going on. I think if they had announced that Eminem was going to appear and that he was going to sing Lose Yourself, I think the crowd probably would have been a little more into it, but it just the fact that it just kind of came out of the blue, especially after a montage of different songs that have, you know, appeared in different movies and have been nominated and stuff like that, for that to kind of just happen, you know, for them to just kind of drop that on us was was a little weird. But uh but there was that And delays and all. There was so many, so many bleeps in that thing. Or not even bleeps, it was just silence. Uh, Finally, the last one, it's always the one that gets a little bit of uproar afterwards, is the In Memoriam segment. Uh, Of course, like I mentioned, Billie Eilish, she sung the Beatles song yesterday um, for the In Memoriam tribute. And just like every year, there were some obvious omissions from the In Memoriam. Uh, three of the big ones that a lot of people brought up were, uh, names like Luke Perry, which was weird because he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was nominated throughout the night. Uh, horror icon Sid Haig was also, uh, missing from the In memoriam, And I know the Oscar, the, the horror, you know, genre doesn't get a lot of love from the Oscars, but they still mention, you know, the Oscar, they still mention it every now and then they show it in videos every now and then too. So it was a big, uh, it was really weird that they, um, Especially him being such a again an icon of the horror genre for them to to leave him out is um, is pretty big. And uh, Disney actor Cameron uh, Boyce, who passed away uh, during the summer or during uh, last summer, uh, was also admitted from the uh, in memoriam segment. Uh, someone recently, uh, by recently I mean Friday before the, the, the show started, uh, Orson Bean also passed away. He was a uh, he was an actor. Uh, he was a writer. He was an onstage uh, actor as well for plays and stuff like that. So um, I think his death just kind of was so sudden that they kind of left him out on the morgue because they know, because uh, I guess everything was done already. So there was that. Uh, so, yeah, those are my thoughts about the Oscars. Overall, it's, it's fine. There was no host again this year, although Chris Rock and uh, Steve Martin came out and kind of did a shtick, uh, which was very funny. I think, you know, the thing about the no host Oscars, it's fine. I think they're still trying to find uh, their groove to it because they had people presenting presenters. Uh, they made a joke about that. You know, I, I forgot who it was. There were pre- people who were presenting um, presenters who were going to present the nominees who were then going to present the winner. So, you know, there was that. And, of course, you know, the whole Oscar so white thing, you know the, nom- the, you know, the minorities and stuff like that. Of course, Parasite winning um, kind of, you know, made up for that. Uh, and made up for you know uh, them not having a lot more uh, people of color nominated, uh, stuff like that. So there you go. Um, overall, you know the Oscars. It's it's always a long show. I know people like to complain about the Oscars being so long, and why is it so long, and, and yada yada yada. But it's an award show. It's an award show with like twenty plus categories, with people that go over their time, with people that you know there are people that you know they're they're not going to play off. And for the most part, they didn't really play anybody off uh, this year. They, 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 the songs started and they didn't really cut them out. Uh, I know at the end of the night when Parasite won, one of the cool moments was when the lights went down. Uh, a lot of the people, uh, a lot of the, the actors, obviously, and directors, you know, were saying up, up, and they were talking about the lights because the lights had gone down. And, um, and they, I don't know, I think it was one of the producers from Parasite, um, you know, she had to, she was starting to give her speech, and that's what happened, so that was a really cool moment, that everyone was behind Parasite, and, you know, behind the producers, and, and telling them, you know, up, up, you know, telling people not to end the show uh, on that note, so that was really cool, uh, so kudos to them for, uh, for doing that, for standing up for their fellow peers, so, uh, so yeah, uh, Oscars overall, it was, it was a, De- it was a decent show. It was long, yes, it was long. It's always long. I don't know why everyone complains that it's always long every year. It's it's long. Twenty plus categories. It's gonna be a long show. Um, so yeah, uh, overall, uh, again, I was fourteen and five. I was happy with the four with the five losses. Uh, the one loss, I was like, eh, I was kind of wishy washy on it. Anyway, but um, so happy for Parasite to walk away with big wins, and so happy from Bong Joon-ho uh, as well so alright uh, those were the Oscars the Oscar winners and stuff like that let's move on to the second part of this podcast which is my Birds of Prey review directed by Kathy Yang uh, written by Christina Hudson uh, the synopsis for the movie officially reads like this after splitting up with the Joker Harley Quinn uh, joins superheroes Black Canary Huntress and Renee Montoya to save a girl from an evil crime lord uh, so I'm going to do a little differently here uh, I don't want to spoil too much about the movie. Uh, I will just say a mild spoiler warning. So I can now just, just put spoiler warning just in case. Just because there are people will be like, ah, you see, this was considered a spoiler, so I don't want to do that. So spoiler warning, although I'm not going to really spoil too much on the movie uh, regardless. But uh, I'm going to do it a little differently. Uh, I'm going to start off with some cons about the movie. And I don't have too many cons. I really don't. Uh, one of the big thing, I think probably the biggest thing, uh, the biggest con of the movie is the supporting cast kind of being underutilized. Uh, One of the ones that really jumps out to me is Mary Elizabeth Winston's Huntress character. Uh, she doesn't really have too much to do. So th- even despite seeing her background, she still kind of gets lost in the fray of everything. Um, so the kind there kind of is that she kind of shows up and then she kind of disappears for a lot of the movie. And then she reappears pretty much for the final act of the movie to, to, be with them um so i don't know i I just i kind of i want a little bit more from the hunter's characters because she's a very rich character to delve into junie smollett bell's diana lance slash black canary uh does have some things to do in the movie but i think they could have probably given her a little bit more especially considering uh what her arc is and how it's connected to rosie perez's uh, renee montoya um and um a little bit more uh, i'll get a little bit more in her it's more of a nitpicky thing but i'll get to that in the miscellaneous section but uh i kind of want a little, she could have definitely had a, lo- a lot a lot more to do uh chris mancina's um victor zayas character he's uh, pretty, he's pretty much the henchman to ian mcgregor's main villain uh he's kind of one note but i think he's supposed to be one note he's very intense even when he's talking like regularly he's kind of he's kind of jittery in a lot of times uh which works for the character really especially if you know the character from the comics um uh maybe just a little maybe kind of just want to little maybe one or two more scenes with him to establish him a little more um although his end is kind of anticlimactic a little bit but there is that uh so on the nitpicky side I guess I'll just do it here instead of the miscellaneous side. Uh, it's more of a nitpick, I guess. Uh, I'm going to assume that the broader movie audience does not know a lot of these characters, so they don't really know Huntress. I mean, they did a really good job of uh, explaining who Huntress was, but they didn't really good. I mean, they didn't really get into it too much. They gave you the bare, the bare basics of who uh, Diana Lance is and who Black Canary is. So when the moment in the movie happens, when she finally uses her, her her scream, uh, her canary cry, um, which is a very cool and powerful moment, to you know, it's a it's a great build up to it. So when it finally happens in the movie, it's like oh okay, it's that's really cool, but it was ruined in the trailers. You see it in the trailers. You see her with it, and I get it was a selling point. Uh, of the movie, but, or, you know, it's, it's one of the selling points in the trailers and stuff like that, but kind of already knowing what that is and maybe, you know, general movie audiences maybe forget what they see in trailers, but for me, I kind of tend to, I don't try to, but I do tend to remember a lot from the trailers and I don't want to do that because it kind of ruins the experience and stuff like that, but um, seeing that and uh, seeing that moment uh, especially all that it was built up to be, and then have it happen. And it's like, and it's the only time that it happens, um, really. Uh, was kind of like, okay, yeah, all right, or whatever. It's a, it's a, The moment gets a little lost. It's still, again, a very powerful scene. There's a lot of up to it. And it's a great scene overall, but there is that. Um, I, di- I did like the fact that when she does it, and she held it for a long time, so I did like the fact that when she does it, it kind of knocks her out a little bit. It takes a lot of out of her. So if they do end up doing a sequel which somewhat is in limbo right now considering the box office numbers and I'll get to that at the end um, it'll be interesting to kind of see how they play that into it if they end up making a sequel uh, so let's get to the pros, like I mentioned I didn't really have a lot of cons, so it was really a lot of just uh, un- underutilization of the supporting cast really um, but the pros it was a lot of fun it was pretty fun. I wasn't expecting too much from the movie, to be honest. Uh, I, uh, again, if I had done the podcast, you would have known that I wasn't really expecting too much from it. I, I wasn't too excited about it. Uh, we got burned. We've been burned by DC movies in the past. Um, Suicide Squad, you know, this is essentially just a sequel a spin-off to Suicide Squad. Uh, even though it's very different because Suicide Squad was very muted in colors and this movie is very bright and loud and, and, um, just a whole bunch of other things. You can tell that you can, the only thing that connects these movies together is that it's a DC movie and Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. That's it. Uh, you can totally tell it's from a different thing. And there's little homages to, to Suicide Squad. like the, uh, wanted poster of Captain Boomerang and then at the very end, um, when Renee Montoya has to switch shirts, uh, she pulls up the uh, the daddy 's little monster uh, shirt that Harley wore in suicide squad uh, but I enjoyed myself with the movie. It was a lot of it, I enjoyed myself watching it. It was pretty fun. The cast is pretty solid, you know even though a lot of them are underutilized uh, it doesn 't really have a pacing problem, which I, I I thought it would, and this movie could have easily had it. But when the movie does slow down, and there are a couple moments when the movie slows down, it does feel like it deserves it. And it's mostly kind of for character beats. You know, it's not a wasted, slowed-down scene. It's a a slowed-down scene with a character beat that makes sense. Uh, And I'm mostly talking about the Harley scene when she takes uh, Cassandra back to her apartment. Margot Robbie, I've mentioned her a couple times already. She looks like she's having a lot of fun playing Harley this time around. It looks like she's a lot more loose. Looks like she has a a bigger firm grasp on who Harley is and the Harley that she wants to represent on the big screen. Um, I think she I think she did a great job. Uh, I, I, you know she's she plays her on multiple levels, being the badass character, being a sympathetic character, being um, being this broken character. So uh, I think she did a great job. Uh, Ian McGregor looked like he was having the time of his life playing uh, Roman. Um, uh, Sionis, a.k.a. Black Mask in the movie. Uh, there was a lot of talk about his character uh, even before the movie came out, and especially now if uh, the character's gay. Because um, he's very flamboyant in in the movie. And I think at times it, it does play like he's gay, especially with Chris Messina's um, Victor Zayas character, so take that for what you will. He's very flamboyant. Um, I, I, I I'll just, uh, you can, uh, we'll call him flamboyant, put it that way, but I think he probably was, He is not the Black Mask that you know in the comics, uh, just put it that way, uh, he's very different, so if you start picking up comics and you want to start reading anything with Black Mask in it, very, very different character, uh, very, very different character, uh, the action, the action is honestly what, uh, is honestly not what I expected, um, it, it was a lot more action-packed than i thought it was the action scene that's really stands out to me is the final fight scene in the uh, in the amusement park in the was it the booby trap yeah i think it was the booby trap uh which is kind of like that one take 360 hot potato scene as i like to call as i called it uh with harley huntress uh canary and renee taking turns grabbing cassandra and protecting her in the fun house i really like that scene and i i I don't know if that was originally going to be always in the movie or if that was a scene that was done during reshoots. It was reported before the movie came out that um, that Chad Stahowski, who was, uh, of course, the director of the John Wick movies and stuff like that, uh, that he was um, brought in to pump up or him him and his team, him and the stunt team, who, which were already working on the movie anyway, uh, were brought in to... Um, up the the action of the movie so they were bought in to kind of up the action so I don't know if maybe that was something that was already in the movie itself and they went back and reshot some of it or if that was something that him and his team came up with with Catherine um to I remember not saying her name right uh to um to buff up the the action but it was really good that's the one that sticks out to me the most uh the police station scene was pretty cool you know seeing Harley with the, with the with a gun the glitter i want to say it's a glitter gun because there was also shooting smoke grenades but that was a pretty cool scene too and um having her do a bunch of trick shots with a bat or just moving around and you know being the crap but people with a bat was also really cool so there was that uh so yeah the action was really great uh so the miscellaneous part of me for the movie depending on how you feel about it overall birds of prey is a feminist movie over, it is a feminist movie. Maybe that's one of the reasons why the movie's not doing so well at the box office. Because, you know, there's a lot of uh, dude bros who don't want to watch a movie about a strong female character. Or female characters, I should say. Not just one. Uh, take that for what you will. It is a movie about Harley taking her life back uh, any way she can. She makes mistakes. She's finding comfort in the little things, like a sandwich. Uh, which I think we can all somewhat connect to on, uh, in some days. And trying to be a better person through Cassandra Cain, which is played by uh ella bosco and here's the miscellaneous part for me cassandra kane um admittedly i have not read a lot of stuff or stories with cassandra kane's character in it but she isn't like she is in the comics cassandra kane in the comics is a mute not by choice but mute assassin in the comic. that's not she's not mute she just doesn't know how to speak she was never taught how to she was raised as an assassin uh, in the comics. And in the movie, she plays a smart mouth pickpocket who ends up becoming the thing that brings Harley, Huntress, Diana, and Renee together because she took the diamond. She took a diamond um, that Roman got a hold of. And Bosco, she, she plays the movie fine. She, she does a, a good job with the Cassandra Kane that uh, they made for the movie. But she almost feels like the diamond, like a MacGuffin almost a lot of the time you know she has these little scenes these little minor scenes mostly with harley mostly with harley because that's who she's sharing a lot of her screen time with um she kind of has these human scenes but every now and then she's kind of like oh we got to get the kid like we got to get the kid we got to get the kid like who has the kid it's almost she's almost like the macguffin she's almost like a diamond she's like the diamond as well so they're kind of they're too connected on that but um i think what bosco was able to do with the cassandra Kane that was given to her was was good it was at least it was yeah it was good uh another miscellaneous thing for me i don't know how i feel about it because it just kind of came out of the blue was the uh the harley dance fantasy uh which is diamonds the diamonds is a girl's best friend dance fantasy it kind of just happens you know she's i don't know she's just kind of Kind of just out of it and she just goes into this dance number with uh, with uh roman and some of his guys and um this is after this was after she gets kidnapped uh by roman's people and brought back and roman's about to kill her and then roman and, and harley's like you know i can help you find the diamond uh and roman's like okay yeah sure um but once you do you know there's a good chance that i may or may not kill you and, and that's when the dancing that's when the dance sequence happens after he kind of hits her and she kind of Goes out of it a little bit. So, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, it was, it was, it was, um, it was, I don't know, I don't know how to put it. It was fun to look at, I guess. It was fun to watch. Uh, and they were clearly having fun and it was different. But uh, I just don't just, I don't know how I felt about it connected to the movie overall. Uh, but, you know, just there is that. But all right. Uh, overall, overall, overall from the movie. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I didn't think um, I was gonna like it. I didn't think I'd be into it, just because we've been burned by DC movies before, and Suicide Squad wasn't all that great. But R- Robbie really has a hold of Harley Quinn, and while the movie has its minor problems, like again, character underutilization, I thought it was a lot of fun. It's action packed. It surprised me. It's funny. Um, it's it's a it's just it's a fun time and. I think if you're on the fence about it, I think you should give it a shot um like I mentioned, it's not doing so well in the box office i think it's i think it's a little bit over thirty million dollars at the box office i think there i think i saw like thirty three um but uh and now it and now it holds the you know the title of um lowest grossing uh d c movie at the box office uh which is a shame because it's actually really good uh it is not it's not a bad movie, it is one of the better DC movies, I won't, I don't think I'll go so far and say that it is the best DC movie, but it is definitely one of the better ones, and it's definitely one of the ones that deserves your attention, and it deserves for you to go to at least give it a shot, Um, it's really, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good movie, I, I would recommend it, I don't know if I would give it a stamp of approval, but I would definitely recommend it to people, especially if you're on the fence. If you're on the fence about watching it because you didn't really like Suicide Squad, uh, but you liked Har- but you liked Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. And that's really kind of one of the big things. It's like everyone really loved uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. This is a movie about her. She is the spotlight. There is a reason why she is on all the posters. There's a reason why she is... Um, the thing that every that the marketing is surrounding upon, because it's real. The movie is called Birds of Prey, but it's really kind of a Harley Quinn. It really is a Harley Quinn movie uh, with the Birds of Prey in it, and maybe that's a problem. You know, maybe that's why people are kind of unsupportive of it. Um, but I would really, I being the person who was not really looking forward to it, telling you, if you're on the fence like I was, give it a shot. Give, give it a shot it's 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 honestly you would obviously have a fun time with it uh you know there are worst comic book movies you can go watch to be honest uh this is not one of them this is actually a really fun uh time so and it's a breeze it's it's very breezy i didn't even notice um the movie. I, I, I didn't put how long the movie was but it's it, it, there, like i mentioned there's no real pacing problem so give it a shot guys really especially if you're on the on the fence give it a shot it's really good it's, um, yeah, that's what I got to say about it. I recommend it. All right, uh, that's the podcast, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, it's a little different than I'm going to try to find a way to better do this. But uh, in the meantime, thank you for listening. Thank you for bearing with me uh, on this makeshift uh, weird uh, podcast. But I really appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, let me know what your thoughts were on the Oscars and the of Prey. Have you seen them? Did you watch it? Um, let me know what you guys' thoughts were. Everything that you guys need is linked down below in the description slash show notes area. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you guys for listening. And hopefully you guys enjoy the rest of the week. Hopefully I will see you at the end of the week uh, to bring back the uh, weekly uh, roundup of news podcast. So, all right, guys. Have a good day.